Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by successful business people who also deal with the pain and frustration of chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Today, we're going to be talking with Russell Nolte. Nolte, is that right? Nolte, that's right. Like Nick Nolte, but spelled differently. I I got it. We're going to be talking with Russell Nolte, and we're going to be talking about all things productivity. Russell, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I am a USA Today bestselling author and a creative entrepreneur, so I own three companies. I own a Verizon dealership. I own a uh, creative academy slash marketing company. I don't know. The rest of it just falls under that. Uh, that is not Wannabe Press, which is my publishing company. So all of my writing, uh, along with other people's uh, in anthologies, is published through Wannabe Press. Uh, and then uh, my training and marketing academy is the complete creative. And then I, uh, I have a Verizon dealership. I don't really work in my Verizon dealership uh, hardly at all, uh, but it is a nice sort of source of passive income depending on the month. I hear you. And that may be something else we might talk about because I'm constantly uh, getting people saying, I just wish there was a way to get some passive income. As, As you probably know, the people who are listening to this, for the most part, have some form of chronic illness. And we work our little tails off, but then we get we were just talking about it we get exhausted we get tired we get frustrated we have pain and then we can't work and it would sure be nice to on a couple of different levels to talk about how we can run our businesses more effectively so that we don't have to work so hard and that we do have more time left over to relax, put our feet up and take a nap. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so I think the number one thing that, that, uh, that people have in companies, all companies is waste. They have wasted time, they have wasted money and they have wasted attention. And the number one thing that someone can do to be more productive is to uh, read a book uh, or, or uh, called The One Thing. Do you know the book, The One Thing? Yes. Uh, so the one thing uh, posits, I mean, it posits different things and I'm going to butcher the thing that they probably are actually talking about. But for me, what I took away from it was all things point to one goal uh, instead of all things point to eight goals. Uh, so uh, for me, for instance, uh, my company, Wannabe Press, is a publishing company. The Complete Creative is a training academy. But everything I, I, I learn in Wannabe Press gets funneled into the complete creative. So the complete creative is my repository for all of the information that I learn while, while building my publishing company. So it has courses, uh, it has epic blog posts, it has, uh, it has a podcast. Uh, so I'm able to do networking for my company, for my writing career. Uh, I'm able to build up uh, a, a bigger fan base of writers every time. And it, it, it eliminates waste because now when people or when writers come to me or creatives come to me and ask me what, uh, what they should be doing instead of having to either type a big long message or give them free advice, I can point them to a specific resource. Uh, so 
all of that uh, is a very productive way to be, look, when I, po when I post a blog post, for instance, it is about something that I'm thinking about or working through or just worked through. And then I can go back and reference that information also for myself. So it's sort of a public repository for all of the things that I think about. When I wonder uh, what, what websites that I use to do X, Y, and Z, well, I can just go to my own website and reference the exact post that I had. Uh, so it is, it is just a very effective way to ha build a, uh, a resource for yourself and other people, at least has been for me. So for me, my one thing is becoming a successful author or a more successful author, um, preferably selling, you know, a million books in one series. But everything that I do is really about how do I become a more successful author? Now, underneath that one big goal, the one thing, you know, and it's nice if the one thing is a smart goal where you could actually measure it. I have had so many one things in my life that uh, I kind of broke through all of the ones. And my one thing is kind of just like continue to become a more successful author who has more authority in the space of creativity. Uh, and so there are tons of little things underneath there. And, you know, becoming a more successful author means going on podcasts like this uh, and, and, and getting more people into my creative, uh, uh, my creative academy uh, to, uh, to do guest blogging, to write more books, to, uh, to, all, to do all of these pieces underneath the one big goal. Uh, it's sort of like a domino. Uh, 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 they, uh, they, they reference it all. The one thing is often referenced in the one domino which is this big domino that you had that has to fall to, to move forward the next part of your career. And there are all these little dominoes. If you've ever seen sort of the, 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 the domino that's sort of like every domino uh, under it is like half the size of the last domino, mm -hmm. you can start with this tiny, tiny, tiny domino and just clicking it over eventually will knock over this huge domino. And so I'm, I actually visualize this and I put it in, uh, I, I put it in a chart which is like the one thing here and all of the little pieces that go underneath that one thing. And if something goes to help that, that one thing, to strengthen it, to help knock over that domino, then it makes sense to do it. Yeah. If though it does not, then I try not to do it. That doesn't mean I never do it. You know, uh, I try to keep myself under leverage at times so I can, try all of these crazy things. You know, in the past three months, for instance, I've been on over 60 podcasts uh, just to like, because I wanted to see. People always say like being on podcasts is the best way to grow your own podcast. So I was like, well, I'm going to test it. Because I was under leverage uh, my time, I was able to take that on. Uh, but still going towards my goal, but it might be not 100%. It might be like 70 or 80% towards my goal. But I know if things are not going to service that one goal that I do not do them. I, 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 I put them away or maybe I test it one time and then I say, well, uh, that did not help my goal. So I am not doing it anymore. Uh, and for me, that has been the thing that has cut so much waste from my life uh, is just having a singular focus and knowing that there's a lot of little focuses underneath there that I'll help. Uh, but if the little focus does not help, then it hurts and I am not doing it, uh, because, you know, I've got about six hours a day that I can be productive, uh, 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 and, uh, whether that's writing or being on podcasts or something, I've got somewhere between four to six hours, depending on the spoons I get that day, uh, and how many, uh, and how many knives I use 
for, for the for the next day. Uh, I have somewhere between four and six hours, and I, my goal is to be productive. And to be productive, I have to know exactly where I'm going. Absolutely. You just mentioned something that some people know about and other people have probably not heard about. And that's, and they're thinking, how many knives and spoons did you get today? <laughs> Talk about that for a second, because that all fits into the whole pro productivity issue as well. Sure. So uh, there are spoons most people know about, but there's also knives and forks. So uh, spoons, uh, I like to think of it as a drawer of like when you open it, your utensil drawer, you have so many spoons that you can use in a day. It's sort of the activity that you're that the activities that you have before you run out of steam. And some activities take one spoon, some take six spoons. Uh, I like to think of them in 30 minute increments. So like every 30 minute increment is a regular size spoon. Uh, and some activities like showering might take one spoon. Some activities like moving yourself will take way more spoons than you have in a day. Yeah. And so, but spoons are the amount of energy you wake up with. And everybody has a different number of those. Uh, knives then are, have you ever looked into your utensil drawer and you've seen you have no spoons, but you really want to like eat that thing of Nutella or jam or something? Uh, so what do you do? You, you go to what you pick out a knife and uh, they can hurt you. You have to be careful, but you can use a knife and a knife is sort of borrowing from the next day's spoons. So you, again, you only have, you have, maybe you have more knives than you have spoons. By using them, you're actually borrowing from the next day. So you'll wait, if you use six spoons and six knives, you'll wake up the next day with no energy at all. So it's really important to know how much natural energy you have. And again, uh, I, I really do try to keep myself under leveraged, try to end every day at two o'clock. And then I go on a walk and I take a nap and then I have a couple of hours left at the end of the day. But that's because I know my natural spoons. I know people who can't go for more than four hours or two hours. I know people that have 20 hours of spoons in a day, uh, but I know what I can do with mine. And so, and then forks is the final one. Forks are uh, the easiest to know because uh, if you stick a fork in it, it's done. So like forks are you getting stuck with forks and you only have so you, you might be able to be stuck with one fork and get going or, or two forks and keep going or three. But at some point you are going to, uh, to flip out and your stress level is going to, uh, you're going to reach a breaking point. And so it's not just important that people know the number of spoons that they have, but also the amount of knives that they have before actually damaging their next day or two days or three days or four days, because it's also possible that a knife could take half a spoon the next day. So you're like, well, you know, I've got, I've got half an hour of moving to do. And like, I, I, it's just so much more annoying to drive to the next place and then drive back and do this extra half hour. That's going to cost me two hours of spoons tomorrow. So I'm better off just taking a knife for the next day. Um, but you'll wake up the next day and then you will know you only have two hours or three hours of energy. 
you know, this is not a perfect science, right? Like we're, 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 we're sort of taking something that is imperfect and trying to lay something that is like reasonable on top of it. So it's not like every spoon is the same every day. It's possible that you'll wake up one day and like a shower will cost you three spoons. You'd be like, what? I've been taking a shower every day for, for my whole life and it's never cost more than one spoon. Why am I so exhausted today of all days? So you will have those days, but I have found that if I know my knife intake, my spoon intake, and the amount of forks that I can take before I'm done, then um, I can wake up most days as long as I stay under those numbers, especially under the number of spoons in a day. And I can wake up with a reasonable amount of energy consistently every day. I love it. That makes a lot of sense. And I did not know all of that. I'm one of the people that I've heard of spoons, but, you know, had not ever really paid that much attention to it. So that's a very interesting, and I'm sitting here going, all right, I see this. This makes sense. And like today, my spoons are all bent. (laughs) Yeah, and some days you'll have it. You know, we were talking beforehand, uh, Mondays and Thursdays are generally a lot harder for me. Uh, so, uh, because I have meetings, I'm not just writing. So I'm, I'm doing a lot more energy today. I start at seven and I go till seven, basically straight. And so I know I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm using, I'm using uh, spoons. I'm using knives. I'm trying to save up spoons from previous days to maybe cheat on Thursday. So on Tuesday and Wednesday, I try to be way under my spoon count so that maybe I will uh, be able to get to like pull one or two more spoons for today. I do caffeine only on Thursdays or Mondays or when I have a lot of meetings because now I can get maybe 40 minutes a spoon. But at the uh, but now I know when I go to sleep for the next two days, I'm going to have really poor sleep quality. So all but the more you know about your own body and your own schedule, the more you can uh, the more you can understand the productivity that you will have in a day. Because I just will not have the energy tomorrow that I do today. I just, maybe I can get the 5,000 words that I normally get in a day, but it is going to drag me really, really down tomorrow and maybe even Saturday. Yeah. Well, and I think you've got to consider, you know, everything that you're doing. And what, what I try to tell my clients is that I tell, and maybe it's, it's sort of the same thing and and maybe it's different, but I tell them to keep track of everything they do for a week and to feel the emotion and the weight of what it is that they're doing. And, you know, if, if you jump out of bed in the morning and go, Hey, I'm ready for the day. And you've got about two hours, do the things in those two hours that you absolutely have to get done. And so there is, so what's really interesting is there are ways to get recover spoons during the day. Uh, So uh, sometimes some of my friends do knitting or like just quiet, peaceful time. Some go on a walk, some take a nap, some, uh, some just hang out with their cat and pet their cat for half an hour. Um, Some just like close their eyes and rest at their computer. Some of them get energized by talking to other people and like having a conversation. So uh, it's not like a, again, it's not a finite thing, but you said something about uh, the emotional energy that it takes to do a task. And it's really important because it's not just physical exertion that can drain our spoons. It's mm-hmm. emotional. It's mental. Um, I am constantly amazed at how tired I get after doing a podcast. 
after after doing this it is so draining and all i'm doing is sitting here but i'm sitting here i'm using my voice i'm i'm mentally like have to be on i have to I, I I feel on like I have to present, so like uh, my my fight or flight is on now. So there are all these other factors, and it is really important to know your body and how much. It doesn't have to be spoons. You can just say this takes forty minutes of my day out of two hours, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. I just like looking at spoons, uh, and uh, I, I used to. Uh, I really like a movie called About a Boy. It's a Hugh Grant movie, and in mm-hmm. that movie, he would say uh, he would do break things into half hour chunks and be like playing pool two blocks, uh, this three blocks. And by that really resonated with my like analytical side of my brain of like breaking things into half hour chunks and saying, these are how many chunks I have in a day. And if I, uh, for instance, I used to, I used to try, uh, to podcast in the morning and then write in the afternoon. And it just does not work because I drain all of my spoons podcasting. And then when I go to write, I just sit at the computer and I'm not productive. So I was like, well, it's better for me to try and jam all of those podcasts in one day because then I have three days to write and two days that I'm drained. And if I can get that down to one day, then I have one day that's very draining and four days to write. And now uh, if I'm I'm writing 20,000 words a week, that's basically finishing a book every single month. And that is, again, how I make my money. So... Um, it might be helpful also to talk about uh, uh, how I time block uh, green, yellow, and red time. Go for uh, it. <laughs> awesome. So uh, if you guys don't know time blocking, it's something that I learned from my, uh, when I was in sales. Uh, and it's probably the most important thing that I then do besides understanding my spoons and the one thing. It is that when I wake up, I know what my green time, yellow time, and red time is. Do you know what green time, yellow time, and red time is, Nancy? Okay. (laughs) So red time is everything that you're doing that does not drive your business forward. Uh, It's important to know that none of these times are better than the other. Uh, It's just uh, money-making activities, basically. So a red time could be taking a nap or hanging out with your spouse or picking up your kid or eating dinner. None of the, those things are very important to life, but they do not help drive your business forward. Uh, yellow time activities are sort of admin activities or money adjacent activities. So this could be admin, this could be customer service, uh, but they're all the things that like you can't actually put uh, money, you can't put a dollar value on. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of marketing is a yellow time activity actually, because mm-hmm. this podcast is not likely to generate any revenue for me right now, but it will help drive down the cost of sales later and hopefully bring people into my ecosystem. So uh, that is, that is sort of on the cusp. I still consider it a green time activity because it goes towards making money where it's custom, but uh, you can sort of marketing, depending on what it is, is kind of a, uh, an up in the air activity, but definitely admin tasks, any admin tasks that you do, are yellow time activities. Um, so green time activities are everything that you're doing to make money that actually will lead to revenue or does lead to revenue immediately. For me, that is running Kickstarters, uh, writing books, depending on the, uh, on the day, some promotion activities do. I generally consider marketing to be a green time activity, but I have, 
I'm saying it's on the cusp because some people are like, well, marketing might not bring me money for a year and customer service is also like theoretically going to make me money eventually. And so I don't want to have that conversation. So it like, just put it where you want to. I put it in green time activity uh, because like it is what I consider like making money. Like, uh, so and making money means a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, making money for me is writing books. That's one thing that is literally making my money or you doing coaching or crocheting or whatever the thing is that's in your business that you make money at doing the actual it support. Uh, if you're, if you're, uh, it is a green time activity. And so, uh, I have different days set up. I have promotion days. I have writing days, I have launch days, and the, the, the green time activity is different in each of those days. But I try to have a block of, if I'm gonna wake up and do promotion, that is all I'm doing that day. That is my green time activity, and it's gonna go from nine to two is generally where, that, that, that's my like golden time. I, I wake up and from about six to nine, I do a yellow or red time activities. I watch a lot of YouTube and listen to music or like just try and psych myself up for the day, plus doing admin and other stuff. Uh, and, and then I do nine to two is my green time activity from about two to five. Uh, I try and take off. Now that doesn't always work. Sometimes I like, sometimes I don't get what I needed to do done in nine to two and that bleeds over to three or even four. But I try from about two to about five to take time off, uh, to think, do deep work, to rest, to recover some spoons so that from five to seven, which is about when my wife gets off, I can do a little bit more yellow time activity. And that is how I set up my day. So not, so six to nine is yellow time. Nine to two is green time. Uh, two to five is red time. And then five to seven is uh, a yellow time again. I love it. Uh, that makes perfect sense to me. And I think it would for the listeners too, because one of the things that we hear, I hear people talking all the time talking about is that they just try to cram everything in every day. And I'm saying, don't do it. Figure out the two to three things a day that you can do and still walk away comfortably from at the end of that time. If there's something that's got to get done that day, put it in. If it sort of kind of needs to get done that day, see where it fits. And if it can be left till tomorrow, leave it till tomorrow. Absolutely. And so that's really important. Uh, it... The Business Success Unlimited Patreon page is now live. Patreon is a simple way for you to contribute to this podcast every month. And in return, you'll get exclusive benefits, such as a monthly live Q&A with Nancy and a business book club. If you're interested in becoming a VI pig, we would really appreciate your support in keeping our independent production going. You can find a link to our Patreon page at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. Thank you so much. So there's a concept called idea switching, which is the amount of mental energy that it takes to move from one task to another. And uh, there's somewhere between 25 and 50% of our productivity is lost just switching from one thing to another, which is why when I get up and I know my green time activity for that day, if it doesn't fit into there, or if I can't do it in the 10 minutes or so that I give myself every hour to uh, go back and look at my calendar and, and, and catch up on those things, then I can't do it. Uh, because 
here's the thing that most people, I, I want to mention this about the green time activity because you can't just do productive work from nine to two, like it's impossible. Uh, so every hour I then try and do um, Pomodoros or, uh, or, or writing sprints when I'm doing writing. So that means 25 minutes doing the task, five minutes off, or 50 minutes doing the task and 10 minutes off, or 45 minutes doing the task, 15 minutes off. It can literally be whatever you want, but that sort of 50 minutes on and 10 minutes off uh, to like stand up and like walk around that people usually hear about in offices is how most people sort of think about that. And it's a very good idea to, to, to close down your computer and do the thing, you to focus on the thing you have to do. And then I give myself a a task I have to do every hour. So for me, it's finishing a thousand words uh, and or one chapter. So whatever is longer. When I am, when I finish that, sometimes I finish that, I write 1500 words in 20 minutes and I just zoom through it. And then I'm like, I give myself 40 minutes, honestly, to like dick around because like, hey, I got my thing done that hour and it helps me keep my energy for the next hour and like get ready to do this thing. Sometimes it takes me until 59 minutes in that hour. Sometimes I, I go over and then I have to sort of bleed into the next hour. But I know that generally my goal is X thing per hour. Uh, when I was in sales, it was make 30 calls an hour. Uh, but sometimes you would make 10 because you would have a bunch of really good conversations. And so 25 to 30 calls an hour, and then I got to break. Whatever that meant. If I, if, if I hit those 30 calls in, in like 10 minutes because no one was there, then like whatever. I would, like, I, I would just I, – I could make more calls if I wanted to, but I was not forcing myself. So it's important in that green time to also then break up that green time in an hour or half hour chunks. I like hour because an hour is a good time to take a breath. When it's mm -hmm. 25 minutes with a five minute break. That's short. <laughs> yes. So I like to, uh, I, and, and you're really not gonna get anything productive done in like a 20 minute break. So I like to do hour because I'm like, hey, if I do a really great job this hour, I could finish it in 20 minutes because I know I can finish like a thousand words in 20 or 30 minutes. And then I could just sit back and chill for the next like 30 minutes. And I can answer emails or do whatever to like break. Um, but it's really, it's really important to focus on the singular task. It's another thing that is that, that, that really uh, is helpful when it comes to productivity, doing deep work and, uh, and, and being able to really, to really uh, zone everything out. And, uh, and, and, and then, uh, not switching between a bunch of tasks at the same time. Brings up a, a question uh, because I am very, uh, and we're actually talking about this with my team right now. I need to picture what I'm going to be doing. I need to say these things need to get done. And talking about SMART goals, I break SMART goals down even into the in order to get this smart goal, I have to do this, but to do this, I have to do this and mm -hmm. to do this, you know, so there's all these to do's that go along with it. Um, when I wake up in the morning, first thing I do, even before I'm out of bed, is I look at my calendar because I want to know what's going on for me that day so I can figure things out. And I have a general knowledge of what I need to get done that day. Do you have any sort of a tool that you use that kind of puts in writing 
what it is you're supposed to do that day or do you just do it from, I know I need to get this done, so I'm going to do it. So I use Google Calendar for most of my meeting days. Mm-hmm. But for other days, I know that I, I, I believe the one thing when you wake up too. So like when I wake up, I know I've got to get 5,000 words written today. And I know that means I have five hours of 1,000 words each. Plus I have to get done emails and other stuff. So uh, what I like to do is say is have the consistency of the same kinds of stuff that I have to get done every day and then offload other things to other people that, I don't, that are not like the essential components of me. Uh, because when I think of, so this is another concept that we should go into, which is like kind of trying to, trying to, to, to do higher level activities that are worth more. So do you know what a $5, $50 and $500 task are? I do, but our listeners may not. So awesome. So tell us. look, I, I, I have a habit of taking concepts that other people say and then making them work for me uh, and like kind of tweaking them. So uh, this might not be the exact thing that is written, uh, but a $5 task is, is an admin task. So these are the things we were talking about of yellow time tasks, something you could hire off Fiverr or, uh, or, um, or, uh, or, or hire a VA or hire an assistant or hire somebody else to do pretty uh, uh, reasonably priced. You know, $5 might actually be $15 now or $20 or whatever it is. But the $5 tasks are the things that, uh, that do not need to be done by you. They are all like the admin pieces. A $50 task is the work you do inside your business. So we talked about IT. We talked about coaching. We talked about writing. The technician part of this, the technician part of work. And it has to be done. Like, like we are the people in the business. Like I'm the person writing the books. Like you can theoretically hire other writers or other technicians or other coaches as well. Um, and it is sort of the, 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 again, the technician level work, what most people are doing in there, what, what drives most people in their business. But I try to get out of all of those things and try to focus on $500 tasks as much as I can. So $500 tasks are CEO level tasks. And they are the ones that are strategic partnerships that are going to leap you to the next level. And so I know the technician tasks that I have to do. And the technician task is writing a book or publishing a book or all of those things. Like I am an expert in that technician, just like you are an expert in doing coaching. Um, I'm also an expert in running my own company. But uh, the, uh, so I want to, but I want to spend as much time in the CEO level as possible. And so I want to wake up and say, this is my technician work for the day. I have productized this so that I have to do this one task today. And then the rest of the time is spent doing $500 an hour tasks or $5 an hour tasks also. I'm not going to lie. Like I do my own admin stuff. Um, uh, but uh, in, that, in that green time zone, I am doing like the zone of genius thing that only I can do, which for me is write those books or do these podcasts or whatever. Like, like, like the, me, the, the reason that people come to me. Um, so but that is a thing that like should be repeatable for you over a long haul. And you should be able to productize all of the things and be like, when I, when you wake up, I like to be able to say, there's about five technician level tasks that I can do in a day that I personally can do and no one else can do. Uh, one of them is writing a book. One of them is appearing on these podcasts. One of these is teaching a course. Uh, 
There are a couple more. But I already know all of the things underneath that level that need to get done in order to do that. So I don't have to make a list of every piece of it. I've just done it so much that I'm an expert at it. Um, and then the things that I do have to get done in a day that are, that are like my strategic partnership level $500 tasks, those are ones that like I'm doing uh, in, in my yellow time zone. Because even though they say $500 an hour, they're, they're not actually going to pay me like for a long time. So I try to not do those in that green time technician zone. And those are the ones that sometimes I need to make a to-do list of. But they're never the thing that are my one thing for the day. My one thing for the day is always that technician level zone of genius stuff. Um, and then the rest of the list that I have are sort of ongoing. I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It's interesting because I would have thought that the $500 level would be where you would focus most of your time because doing the technician things are going to be more draining. But I see what you're saying and that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah, it's hard because like, for instance, like this might lead to an amazing strategic partnership between the two of us to do something, but you won't see the benefit of that for probably a year. Right. So it's very hard to do that in your yellow, in your green time zone, unless you have a day set aside for it, like I do, because yeah. uh, it might pay all of these things that I'm doing, maybe $500,000. I don't know, but it's all like nebulous. It's, it's all nebulous. Those $50 an hour tasks. And it's like, I, I like to do three to four hours of those tasks a day, but they're the tasks that I know will pay. I know my mortgage will get paid this month. And it, like a lot of people uh, talk about like not doing that, that part of it, but, or like, um, or like, uh, like not paying off your mortgage early or these things early, because then like you have, like you, you can make more money doing other things. But I believe that like, for me, the number one thing that I can do is get, make my mind right. And for my mind right, I need to be able to pay my mortgage. And so the $50 an hour tasks are the things that pay my mortgage and the things that keep me in business. The $500 an hour tasks are the things that take me to the next level. So I want to do all of those tasks, but if I spend, I'll, I'll give you an example, like the last two months, I pretty much spent all of my time on $500 an hour tasks. And I was in the worst mental state that I could possibly be in because you know, all of those strategic partnerships were things that will pay off probably in 2021, but I'm still in 2020 right now. Like I've still got to like make the money for now. And, uh, I find most people, uh, most people who are told to do a bunch of $500 an hour tasks when they try it, they're like, Oh, well, like this isn't making me money. So I got to go back to technician level tasks. And so I would rather you say, no, no, no. Like, like figure out the technician level tasks you have to do and do those because, uh, but try to do those more productively, try and do them in three hours, try and do them in, in two hours, whatever that number is that you know is going to get you to the place you want to be. I could probably write 10,000 words a day if I really wanted to, but that would take away from me doing the high level tasks that I need to, to get to the next level. So I know that for me, uh, and it might be running six IT tickets or like doing three coaching calls. I don't know what it is, but whatever you do, the, if you can just do it in less time, you can expand this level out. Mm -hmm. And I would say, don't get greedy. Don't try to do like uh, 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 50, 50 different $50 level tasks because then you'll never get to the next level. 
you need to figure out like what that amount of money, what, what that amount you're comfortable doing is, and then expand out the $500 an hour task level, uh, hire out the $5 an hour task level. So at the beginning, you may be doing five hours of, let's say you have six hours of yellow time work. You may be doing five hours of admin work when you start. But then over time, hopefully you're hiring out five of those hours and doing five hours of, of uh, strategic partnership, $500 an hour stuff. Mm-hmm. And for me, that is a lot, it's a lot easier for me to say, okay, so what is five hours? Five hours is $25 a day. Let's call it $50 a day if you're paying $10 an hour. So, okay, it's a lot easier for me to say, I'm going to shift $50 a day in my business to an admin than to say, I'm going to cut the thing that's making me, uh, the thing that's actually making me money. That just is a, is a, is a, is a world that I have not been able to, to, like, to, to inhabit in my brain. And I'm all about not doing best practices, doing best practices for you, and that the best thing to do is what you can do in a day. Like, and so for me, having that technician level task, trying to do it in less time, and then vacillating between five and $500 an hour tasks in your yellow time ends up be- being a thing that I can actually imagine doing. I could never imagine doing, and it's also, you know, I love writing. That's the thing I want to do. So now you're telling me to like do less of the thing I love to do so that I can do stuff I like less within more time. And it just, uh, you know, I've never been the person who like was like trying to make a million dollars. And I get like, if you're trying to make $500 million or whatever, like, yeah, you're going to have to probably like do $500 an hour tasks all the time. But for me, my goal is to write books and have people and, 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 do my podcast and have people buy my courses. And those are the things that like I like doing. So why would I want to do less of them? Well, I want to do as much of that as possible while also being able to leverage the strategic partnerships to take me to the next level and the next level and the next level and the next level. But I never want to lose the writing part of that. Like that's the joy. Makes perfect sense. And uh, I tell you, this has been a jam-packed full time that we've spent and i know that my brain is spinning right now thinking about all of this and i'm sure our listeners are too and we're about to the end of our time it's gone so fast it's amazing if there were one thing that we have not talked about yet today that you want to share with everyone what would that be okay uh i'm looking through my notes right now just to make sure Talked about leverage points, talked about, uh, talked about uh, deep work. I think that the most important thing I could tell you is how to say no. Okay, so my goal is to stay under leveraged. Uh, when I say under leveraged, it means I, if, if I could do eight hours of work in a day, I want to do three hours of work in a day so that when the perfect project comes along, I can fully commit to it. This is how we don't move to the next level and we're, we, stay at, we stay doing the same thing year after year after year after year because we get stuck in those technician tasks to go back to your previous point. And we're never able to develop those strategic partnerships or those projects that will take us to the next level, get us more noticed in the industry, go to conferences or do any of that stuff. That's why I'm saying you need to have like a minimum amount of time to do that joy that you want, but you do want to have a bunch of time to do strategic partnerships. For instance, I did three virtual summits in the past two months. I've done, as I mentioned, over like 60 
uh, and I mean, I ran them. I ran three virtual summits in March, April, and one in March, one in April, one in May. I did uh, about 60 podcast appearances. All of that stuff was was uh, was because I was under leverage and I could say, yes, that is a thing that I want to take advantage of and at least try. And the way that I do that is uh, I know how to say no. And so I ask myself three questions when, uh, it, when, when it comes to, uh, to, to taking on a new project. And this assumes that you're already full slated. Um, and so, and you're using that five hours a day, not like you're doing 20 hours. If you're doing 20 hours a day, you got to finish those projects and like cut back. But if I'm going to take on a new project, I ask the first question I ask myself is, is this project worth the effort it takes to complete? Notice I did not say money. Did not say, is it worth the money? It's, it's part of it is money, but those three virtual conferences, I was not paid for at all. It was, it was all about getting to the next level, getting marketing, getting people on my mailing list, introducing myself to more people. There are all sorts of ways to make it worth it. And uh, usually taking on a project that is the exact same project you just took on, unless it really like brings you joy or it's like, it's not going to do anything for you. It's not going to like, it, it, it's probably not worth it. Now, uh, if you answered yes to that, you move on to the next question. If you answered no, you're done. It's a zero. It's a no. You answer yes. Um, is this project better than anything that I currently have in the works? So that means not just the projects I'm currently working on, but anything also in development for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, so I need to then say yes and yes. Uh, and then, uh, and, and so this, and this is where if I'm in development on a project and I have a really cool idea, I'll try and mash multiple ideas together. So my development folders are just like mishmashes of like, what happens if I take like sci-fi and fantasy and horror and smash all this stuff together? And like, that's a really good idea. And maybe I can put it in book five. And so I'm spending a lot, and a lot of my work that comes out are the mash together of 20 or 30 different cool projects, which makes the end product really, really cool because now it's got all of these elements. Of course, you've got to like understand that you can't put everything in every project, but if you can, this is something that I also, is it better than any project or can I like include a feature of this in one of the projects I'm already developing or currently writing or currently part of? Okay. So, um, uh, if you say no to this, it doesn't mean you can't put it in development. It just means like you're not going to put it onto your active production slate, what you're actually doing right now. Okay. So um, if you say no, then I go on to the next question. Uh, am I willing to eat into my free time to work on this project? I think that people vastly undervalue their free time. You do not get more time to spend with your, your parents or your children or your friends or your family or your your, your dogs, uh, or to do the hobbies that you love, uh, and vastly undervalue those things in our society. And so uh, I think it's really important to know their true value, one. So when you're doing that, all of the things we're talking about, like you also have to value free time as a, you know, if you're worth $50 an hour, which we didn't talk about, but like finding whatever your value is, and like, you get, you get a project that is only going to pay you or you, the only re- expected return is going to pay you like a dollar an hour. Well, like that's really not worth it. I say when I bill out, I'm worth $300 an hour. So is this thing worth $300 an hour or is it, and if not, then I have to say no, or I have to find a way to make it worth $300 an hour. Um, and now 
so that is the, those are the three questions that I ask when it comes to say no. If you say yes, 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 well, then, <laughs> well, then that is when you have to say, all right, I am willing to take on this project for a specific length of time and I'm willing to over leverage myself for two months or three months. I would not go more than three months doing this um, without like burning a project. Like it might mean taking a project off the slate too, or something else to like push it in or something off the development slate. You can say, yes, it is, but I'm going to start this project in two months when I finish these other two projects. But whatever it is, you, you now can say no. And I give you permission to say no to 90% of the things that you want to do because your brain is going to want to say yes. You're like, like, the, the beginning of something is so beautiful and people are excited and you're excited and you're getting off, but the middle is always a slog. So the middle is when your brain's like, oh, what if I did this other thing? Uh, but if we just know that the, the new project is going to have the same life cycle of like in two months, you're going to be as upset about the project that you are on. You've got to end up loving that thing so much more than you think you have to. I call it a hundred and crazy percent. Because you are now, uh, you are now going to lose excitement for that project every day you wake up until the end, until it ends. Uh, so uh, you have to understand that it's a lot of no is not about like just flat out saying no. It's all to other people. It's also about saying no to your own brain and understanding like the, how much you loved a project when you thought of it. Because that is what you're not comparing how much you love a project now to how much you love a new project at the beginning. You've got to compare how much you love the project at the beginning to how much you love a project at the beginning. And if you can do that, it'll be a lot easier. And, uh, and, and so I, I highly recommend you say no to 90% of the things that you come across because they're usually, not, if 90% if of the things you come across are better than the things you're working on now, you need to then level up your game to, to pick better projects. But when you're doing this at a high level, you won't, uh, like, like you won't, uh, you, you won't have 90% of the ideas that are better because it's going to be, you, your work is good. The projects you pick are good. And it's a lot harder to come up with a killer idea more than a few times a year. So you should not have more than a couple killer ideas that pop up throughout the year. Uh, otherwise, you need to really examine the process that you pick for picking projects. That's a lot. And unfortunately, we can't go into it any further because we're out of time. I know you've got something else you have to do. And we're at the end of our, our time for my podcast. But let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if they want to further explore possibilities with you. Sure. If you liked all of the things that I had to say, but maybe want to take it a little bit slower, um, I have a blog called The Complete Creative that, that, that parses out hundreds of blog posts that you can take at your, uh, at your leisure. I also talk about this in both of my nonfiction books, How to Build Your Creative Career and How to Become a Successful Author, uh, which uh, I know that it's kind of like drinking out of a fire hose with me. <laughs> so I, I made that site so that people could take things at their own pace and explore things without hearing me rattle on at like triple speed for, uh, for 40 minutes. So I uh, go to the complete creative.com, take our free courses, uh, take our, uh, paid courses if you want, 
uh, look at her epic blog posts, and I have over 200 episodes, I believe 200 episodes now, of my podcast, The Complete Creative, which, uh, which uh, uh, interviews creators about how they built and sustained their own creative career. For this purposes, I had an interview with uh, Dr. Deborah Holland a couple of months ago about anxiety, burnout, and depression, which uh, I think would be uh, a great one uh, for your audience to listen to. Absolutely. So everybody, you heard that. This has been a great show today. Thank you so much, Russell. I appreciate everything you've done and the time you've given us. Guys, we can be heard at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. We, our show is on Thursday evenings at 5 p.m. Eastern. And if you would like to listen to other talks like this, let us know. Let us know people that we can talk to and share with. Give us suggestions. And until next time, get out there, be productive, use some of these techniques we talked about today, and soar higher. Until next time, guys, talk to you later. Bye-bye.